Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And Jesus was asking them for a commitment. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. This is a commitment. He's not satisfied with us just walking with him or by him or, or just hanging around every once in a while. He wants all of you. Glory to God. The Lord wants all of you. Hallelujah. He wants all of you. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. All right, today we're going to continue in the series entitled Focus on Christ. And I believe this will be part number 10 as we go on in this series. And today we'll be speaking from the subject of this is the word from heaven that I heard. All in. All in. God wants to know, are you all in? And when I heard that term, those two words, all in, you know, Scott, I thought about a poker game. You know, I did. I'm all in. You're putting all your chips and all the money. I never played poker. I've just seen it on television, but all in. They put everything. I'm all in. Everything. I'm giving it all there. And that's the same question the Father's asking you today. Are you all in? Are you all in? We're living in some extremely dangerous times right now. And there's one way to know that we are always safe and secure, and that's being all in. This series comes with a confession, and uh, we're going to confess the word of God, and I'm so grateful for Jesus. And uh, the confession goes like this. And of course, you are always welcome to join me as we declare the word of God. His word has power. His word is power for change. It goes like this. Because of Jesus Christ, my Lord, I am forgiven. Colossians 1.14. All my sins have been washed away. 1 John 1.7. I have peace with God. Romans 5.1. I have been made the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I am forever perfected and sanctified, being made holy. Hebrews 10.14. I am not now, nor will I ever be condemned by God. Romans 8, 1. I am loved and accepted in the presence of God. John 3, 16, Ephesians 1, 6. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. 1 John 4, 17. Oh, I could just shout hallelujah. Oh, I think I just did. I'm so excited about the Lord Jesus. And all that he has done and is doing in our lives. Remember, the Lord says, it's time for us to focus on Christ. What is he doing? What is he saying? It's time for us no longer to be distracted. There are a lot of distractions. It's time for us to listen for his voice. Do what he says. Listen for his voice and do what he says. Hallelujah. All right. So I'll ask the question again. Are you all in with the Lord? Are you all in? You know, uh, further in John, the sixth chapter, we were there last week, last couple of weeks, we were in John sixth chapter. Uh, Jesus asked them uh, or began to tell them that unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you know, you have no life in you. He challenged them to eat his flesh and drink his blood. You know, in, in essence, he was saying, are you all in? <laughs> 
Are you all in with me? Are you going to eat my flesh and drink my blood? And many began to say, this is a hard saying. Who can hear this? And one of the scriptures, now you can make note of this. This will not be on your screen, but you can make note of this. One of the most powerful verses in scripture is John, the sixth chapter, verse 66. John 666. In John 666, the Bible says that many of the Lord's disciples walked away from him and they didn't walk anymore with him. They stopped following him because they wanted what Jesus would do for them, but they didn't want him. They didn't want to be all in. And Jesus was asking them for a commitment. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. This is a commitment. He's not satisfied with us just walking with him or by him or, or just hanging around every once in a while. He wants all of you. Glory to God. The Lord wants all of you. Hallelujah. He wants all of you. And who wants to be in a relationship with someone that says, I can see a man and woman at the altar. And the man says, um, uh, and the, the preacher says, all right, give your vows. And the man says, well, honey, I will be with you as long as I'm with you. You know I love you and all, but you understand I have so-and-so and so-and-so on the side, and as soon as I can fit you in, I will be with you. I wouldn't think that she would like that. I wouldn't think that he would like that either. You know I have some other pieces on the side here and there. Jesus wants all of you. He says, are you all in? Are you all in with him? So that sort of thing does not work. And it doesn't work with Christ either. So uh, let's go back to John 6 chapter, John 6. And let's look at it again, 26 and 27. We were there on last week, and then we'll just spring forward from there. John 6, 26 and 27. You know, we talked about this. Uh, the people were following after Jesus. They wanted the fishes and loaves. And this is how the Lord responded here. John 6, 26 says, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Verse 27, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endures unto eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him have God the Father sealed. Hallelujah. God sealed him. So that's wonderful. Remember we talked about how that there are two types of meat. We talked about brosesis last week. You, you get that on, you know, you can go back to the uh, previous video or audio and, and hear that. We won't go through all of that uh, this week. But the Lord said there are two types of meats. He said you can labor for the meat that perishes or the meat that endures into eternal life. You can be filled, in essence, filled with your own labors or you can be filled with the labor of Christ. You can be filled with religious works or you can be filled with relationship. And see, it's easy for us as humans uh, to, be, to be deceived in, in eating of the wrong meat. And we're going to look at that today. You can think, because you can think that you're serving Christ and know Christ, or that you're all in, and when you're serving God religiously, when the whole time you're living in error. And we don't want that to be the case. As a matter of fact, the Bible warns us of this in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse 5. 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. This is 
the state of many uh, in the last days. The Bible says here, and this is 2 Timothy 3, verse 5, it says, they will act religious. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So there'll be some that will think, oh man, I'm really serving Christ. I'm, I'm really serving God. I'm doing my best to serve the Lord. But in fact, it is not relationship. It is religion. It is religion. And I'm going to show you today, once again, the differences between religion and relationships. And you must know, you must know where you are in that spectrum. And I pray that when we're done today, you'll decide to be all in with the Lord. Because you can easily do what appears to be good, what appears to be good work, or what appears to be the work of the Lord. You can easily do that without Christ. You understand that, right? You can easily do what appears to be good without the one that is good. You can have an appearance, but it's void and, and um, it, it's really worthless as you talk about eternal gain. Let's look at Matthew, Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23. Let me bring this up to you. Oh, this is wonderful. We don't need to be in this shape here. Matthew 7, verse 21 says this. He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Look at that. He said, only those who actually do it, not those who just say, Lord, Lord, or Savior, you're my Savior. I, 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 hall, I, hallelujah, I worship you, I worship you. You understand that? But those who actually do. Now, grab a hold of that. But those who actually do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Look at the next verse, verse 22. He says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out devils in your name and perform many miracles in your name. Now, all this sounds like good work, doesn't it? Sounds like they're doing the work of Christ, right? Miracles, casting out devils and all of that. Verse 23, but I will, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, on the day of judgment, you don't want to hear Jesus say to you, get away from me. You don't want to hear Jesus say, get away from me. I don't want you. You understanding? Now, he's saying this to people that said, hey, we have cast out devils for you. We've worked miracles for you. We've done many marvelous works. We've fed the poor. We've done this. We've done that. They've done a lot of things that look to be good. But Jesus said, I don't know you. You're never intimate with me. He said, I don't, I don't know you. He's telling them, get away. Look at this example, too, in, in Mark 9, verse 38. An example, again, of how people can do the work, do something that appears to be good, but Jesus really not be in it, or they really not want a relationship with him. We need to guard against that, saints of God. Look at Mark 9, verse 38. It says, and John answered him, saying, uh, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him, because he followeth not us. How did Jesus answer? And Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name 
that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. And we'll understand here as well that Jesus talks about during the end when he sends the reapers out, the angels out throughout his kingdom, uh, the angels will gather the ones that are his own and put them into the barns and the others they will gather and throw into the fire. So the Lord will allow the wheat and the tear to grow up together. Let him alone. But understand something, whoever this person was, they decided now Jesus was still walking on the earth. Hallelujah. And he had disciples. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. You could easily follow Jesus. He was right there. But they saw what Jesus did and they said, you know what? I can do that too. I'm going to take his name and I'm going to do this too. In other words, I want what Jesus has, but I don't want Jesus. Isn't that something? I want what Jesus has, but I don't want him. Are you all in? Are you all in? Let's talk a, let's talk a moment ago. Let's talk a briefly also about the difference, differences between religion and relationship. Are you religious or are you in relationship with God, a growing intimate relationship with God? Because religion and relationship both start with beliefs. You have to believe to begin both of these. Religion believes in a system like reciprocity. Can you say reciprocity? Oh, that's good class. Online community, did you say it? Reciprocity, all right. Reciprocity simply says this. It's the system of exchange, the practice of exchange. I do for you and you do for me. Reciprocity. I do this for you, God, and you, get, and you give this to me. It's that ongoing type of relationship. Religion does not require an intimate relationship with God. It stresses doing good will make you good. Somebody says, oh, you're a good person. Why are they saying that? Because they see you doing something good. So religion says you must be good because you're doing good. There's a problem with that, isn't it? Because men, I mean, you may have a whole room of people that say, oh, man, you're a good person. We see you giving all your money away and you're doing all this good stuff. Then they will say, hey, you're a good person. But on the other side of that coin, that person's going home and beating their wife and beating their children. Does that still mean that person is a good person? You don't know the whole spectrum of it, do you? Religion calls you good because you do good things, but, but only those who see you do good things will call you good. That's the craziest thing you ever heard of. But people buy into that. Good things happen. They say good things will happen to good people. Well, you know, that's not necessarily wrong. Good things will happen to good people. What you sow, you will reap. So that can be one good thing that we can see there. But one thing that religion does is tries to put God in your debt. I, I have done this good thing, God, so you must bless me now. I have given my tithe. I have gone, come to church. I have prayed. I have studied my Bible. So you must bless me. Religion tries to put God in your debt, tries to make God owe you because you've done something good which is very, very, very bad. Now, and also religion says that salvation, religion says salvation is a reward because you spent all of your life doing good. So God ought to accept you because you spent your life 
doing good and helping other people. So God must allow you to come into heaven because you've been a good person all of your life. And so it gives you a false sense of security. But again, how much good can you do to be called good in the sight of the good God? Does all of your goodness make you good in the sight of God? Well, and if that's true, how does your bad measure up? Because some, because some of us have done some really bad and wicked things. I can't get no talking here. We've done some bad things. But how much good can you do to wipe away all of the bad? Even when you feel the stench or smell the stench of the bad things you've done, does all that good wipe away all of your bad? See, religion will tell you, keep on doing good, and then maybe God will like you. But Jesus came to bring us a completely different system. You become good because you believed in Christ Jesus. God reckons you righteous or good based on your faith in Jesus. Because of grace, you're not earning your way into goodness. God says good. God says righteous when you put your faith in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? You don't labor for goodness. God calls you good because you believed in his son. Oh, my goodness. Another thing that religion says as well is that when something good happens, <laughs> those that are religious, many will, will credit luck. Oh, it's just luck. I'm just a lucky person. I'm just a lucky person. I know. Or they may credit hard work. Or some will even say, it's the, it's the will of the universe. It's the will of the force. That's why I'm blessed. And some will say, you know, I, I'm just a blessed person. I'm just a blessed person. But rarely that I've heard will they mention God, Christ. But they'll say that. But when something bad happens, they'll be quick to say, it's an act of God or God is punishing me for what I have done. This is why I'm going through this, because God is punishing me. Well, if you are religious, well, then you will think that if you do good, you should get good. But if you do bad, you should get bad if you are religious. But again, uh, because of what Jesus Christ has done, there is no condemnation because the, the wrath that was meant to be for you and I was poured out on the body of Jesus upon the cross. The Bible says it so clearly, and I love this, in 2 Peter 2.24, I believe it says that Jesus bore our sins in his own body upon the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Jesus bore our sins. Jesus, a completely innocent man, never did anything wrong, died the death of a sinner. He died a criminal's death. How is this possible? Because he took your sins and my sins upon him and he hung upon that. He hung upon the cross. He did that for us. He was a substitute for our sins. He was the lamb of God who has taken our sins away. And so when God the father looks at you, he doesn't see a poor wretched sinner. If you're in Christ, he doesn't see a bad person trying to be good. He sees 
good. He sees righteous. He sees holy and acceptable and pleasing in his sight. And you begin to do good things, not because you want to be good. You begin to do good things because you are good. The good one, the Spirit of God, now lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. An apple tree doesn't, doesn't have to strain or, or take up classes to develop apples. It just develops apples because it's an apple tree. God changes your nature. He changed your nature. In religion, you're always trying to measure up to the standard of God, always trying to do, Lord, if I can just do good, if I can just do good, if I can just be good, if I can just be good, then maybe you'll accept me. Maybe you'll answer my prayers. And there's always a question of whether God hears you or not. But in relationship, what Jesus gave you, you know, Father hears me because you don't go before the Father in your name. You're going before the Father in the name of Jesus. You're not standing in your own righteousness or your good works. You're standing in the righteousness of Christ. So you can always be assured that the Father hears you. You can always be assured that your sins are washed away through the power of the blood of Jesus. You never have to wonder. But if you're being religious, you will wonder. Because religion takes the focus off of Christ and it puts it squarely on you. What you do, what you haven't done, how much you prayed or haven't prayed, how much you studied the Bible or haven't studied the Bible, it's always on you. And that weight is always constantly on your shoulders and it's a back-breaking weight. This is why Jesus said, come unto me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Religion is back breaking, always trying to be good enough and never, ever able to measure up. But Jesus said, no, I didn't give you that. He didn't come to bring us a religion. He came to bring us a relationship. And only he can make you who you need to be. Only through him can we all be all in. All in. You have to let him in. You have to let him in. You have to let the king of glory in. So perhaps one verse that really just captures all of this, I love this, in, is in Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8, 9, and 10. I want you to really to hear this and really get this in you. I want you to know really how much Father loves you. He doesn't want you to strive for his love. He wants you just to receive his love. He wants you to receive his love, his mercy, and his kindness, his forgiveness, he offers it freely to you, freely. You don't have to work to earn it. He freely gives it to you. You just have to believe and receive. Look at this. Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8, 9, and 10 says this. God saved, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Look at verse number 9. I love this. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. 
So none of us can boast about it. Let's stay there for a second. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. That's the big thing of religion. Again, that God will let me into heaven or you say, I hope God will let me in. Why are we saying this? Because we're saying, I hope I've done enough good for God to like me and accept me. You'll always be going on that roller coaster of thinking or, or torment, always be tormented of thinking, am I good enough for God? But again, salvation is not a, not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. It's a gift. Look at verse number 10. Verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do what? The good things he planned for us long ago. He created you new so that you can do good things. It's going to come out of you. It's going to come. It's a byproduct. Doing good is a byproduct. It's like you, when you jump in the water, you're going to get wet. It's a, it's a byproduct. You put your hand in the fire, you're going to get burned. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. It's, you get it with it. You see the sun up there. Not only will you receive light, but you receive warmth. One comes with the other. You don't make yourself good. You become good by following Christ Jesus, by receiving him as your Lord and Savior. So I'll ask you a question again as we begin to close here shortly. Are you all in with Christ? Can you honestly say, I'm all in with Christ? Or would you say, Lord, I need your help to be all in? I need your help to be all in. You say, or I don't know if I am or not. Let me give you one good indicator of how you can know whether you're all in with Jesus or not. Because remember, the Lord Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, on what day? On the day of judgment. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we did this for you. I did that for you. But remember, the Lord will say to many, get away from me. I don't know you. And remember, he's not going to be a, a side person. You're not going to be standing there on the wedding day and, and telling Jesus, you know, Lord, you know, I'm with you on Sunday. You got my Sundays. What else you want, Jesus? You got my Sundays. I got to have my Monday. You know what we got to do on Friday, too. You know where I got to go? You understand, Jesus? Again, what husband would like to well, hear, hear his wife say that? Who, what husband would love to hear his wife or what wife would love to hear her husband say, baby, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you on these days. But those other days, you know where I got to go. You know what I got to do. I cannot imagine that the spouse is going to be pleased with that. I can't imagine that. Or how, how would that work when we, we, you, you have, a, have a car, you have a car note, and you tell the bill collector there, or, you know, I'll pay you on so-and-so months, but, you know, other months, I'm not going to pay you. How long will you have that car? How, how would that work for you if you have a mortgage? How would that work for you? 
How does that work for you if you have a friend and you loan your friend a thousand dollars and you need that thousand dollars now and you see your friend drive up in something new, wearing something new, and they tell you, I'll pay you. I'll pay you. I'll, I'll get around to paying you. I'll pay you. How long would that relationship stand? Not very long. But yet instead we take that same mentality and we put it toward our relationship with God and say, God, you know, you understand, don't you? Me and Jesus got our, our own thing going. But nothing else on this planet works like that. You don't want that. You, you pay your money for your cable or for your television or whatever. You don't want it on sometimes and sometimes off and then still you got to pay them full price. You say, no, you better fix this thing now or take this mess out of my house. Excuse my French. You don't want to buy a brand new car that works some days, doesn't work other days. You don't want to have a, a foot that works some days and other days. It doesn't work. You want something consistent, something faithful. Isn't that right? So, well, so does your father. He loves you. And yes, he understands. He understands you're on your growth journey. But let's stop making excuses. The Lord says he wants you to be all in. And how are you going to be all in? You're going to first start in prayer and repentance and admitting, Lord, I haven't been all in. Admitting I've played the role of an adulteress or an adulterer. Admitting that, starting that. But you say, I'm not quite sure. As we close, I'm not quite sure whether I'm all in with the Lord or not. Well, one Good way, one excellent way the Lord Jesus has given us to determine whether we're all in or not is through your money. Are you all in? All, all in. The Lord says here in Matthew 6, 21, it says here, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And if you look at Matthew 6, 24, Matthew 6, 24 says, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Can't happen. And I want to show you one verse here out of Mark, out of Mark, the 12th chapter, Mark 12, verse 41 through 44. We'll just, we'll stop here. Mark 4, rather Mark 12, verse 41 through 44. I want you to hear this out of the Amplified Bible, out of the Amplified Bible. And this is what it says here. This is a very familiar case. It says, and as he sat, he, the Lord Jesus, as he sat down opposite the temple treasury and began watching how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. Look at verse 42. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a mite or about a penny or so, right? Verse 43, calling his disciples to him. Hey, boys, come here. Calling his disciples to him, he said, he said to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, this poor widow put in proportionately more than all the contributors to the treasury. 
for they all contributed from their surplus. But she, from her poverty, put in all she had, all she had to live on. When was the last time that you didn't play it safe with your finances with God? Putting, giving out of your surplus means that you have a reserve and you're safe. If something goes wrong, something happens, you know, you're all right. Going back to that illustration of the poker, poker match there, you're not sure whether you really have a winning hand or not. You mean, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Know when to walk away and somebody knows you know where to know where to, when to run. But that's another story altogether. You don't know whether you have a winning hand or not. You really can't trust the hand. You don't trust the dealer. You don't really don't trust it. So you don't put it all in. You keep some, keep a good supply back and you give just a little bit because you can't trust. But so that was the testimony with those others. They gave out of their abundance. They had plenty. No big deal. It looked like they gave a lot. But this widow, poor widow, gave really, she entered into giving through the kingdom. She gave all. She made herself vulnerable, right? All she had to live on. Made herself vulnerable. In other words, she gave all her bill money. <laughs> she gave all of it. All she had to live on. She said, I'm all in. Now, am I telling you to give all you have to live on? No, absolutely not. But what am I telling you is that you should be challenged in your giving. You should be challenged in your giving. The Lord, there should be no request that God makes on you that you should, that you would tell the Lord, no. If he makes the request upon you, now we may struggle for a while. We may wrestle with it for a minute. Praise the Lord. But as long as he actually wins, we're still doing pretty good. Are you hearing? She was all in. Are you all in? You say, well, I tithe. But if, you're, if you are a tither, of course, we know tithing is an Old Testament concept. We thank God for it. I've tithed it now for many years. But listen, tithing is not where we stop. It's, it's, um, it is what we do until we getting really into the New Testament. Because, and I'll say this, if you're going to tithe, then bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Some would say, well, I tithe off of this, but I'm not gonna tithe off of that. I'm gonna give off 10% of this, but I'm not gonna give 10% off of that. If you're gonna tithe, then as Malachi says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, the Lord says. He say, well, I don't believe in tithing. You know, I don't believe in it. That was under the Old Testament. I don't believe in it. Well, then let us give under the New Testament in the kingdom. In the kingdom, you give all. In the kingdom, you sell houses and lands. I haven't seen anybody do that yet. In the kingdom, uh, even Zacchaeus, I believe, gave half. And, and even in the Macedonia church, they gave more than they were able to give. They were extravagant in their giving. That's kingdom concept, which goes far beyond the 10th. So if you're going to tithe, 
then pay all the tithe. Give all the tithe. Give an offering. If you're going to give, the Bible says that we need to give as we purpose in our heart, as our heart indicates. How does your heart indicate as you give unto the Lord? What does your heart indicate? As a matter of fact, when I first said the, said the word money, did you want to run? Did you want to turn off the TV? Did you want to cut it off? Many would say yes. Why? Because it threatens their security. It says, I can't trust you, God. Then if that's where you are, let's not, let's not curse that moment. Let's rejoice in it. At least you found where you are. And if this is where you are, then let's talk to the Father. Father, help me trust you with finances. Help me trust you with all that I have so that I can be all in. My job today is not to convince you to give all your monies ah, away from that, but it's to show you where you are and to show you that God wants you to be all in. All in. So let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for giving us this word. And Lord, I do pray that you will continue to deal with us. Deal with us. For money is just one indicator. It's not all of the indicators. It's one way, but not all the ways that we can identify where we are with you. Father, I pray that in that moment when we have discovered a shortfalling, when we have discovered a lacking, Lord, I pray that you will reason with us. You said in your word, come, let us reason together. Reason with us. Because, Lord, all things are already yours. Even our lives are yours. And you give us even the breath in our lungs. So, Lord, we, we just want to give you all and really worship you and honor you with all of our life and with all of our strength. So, Father, I pray today that you give us the wisdom, the grace, the anointing that we need to give all to you at all times, to serve you fully, to keep our focus on Christ. We love you so much, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And if you, my friend, that are watching right now, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you feel the Lord tugging at your heart, well, then today is that day, and he's calling you. So just pray this short prayer with me. Remember, there's no magic formula. There are no hidden words. You just simply have to believe. So I'll lead you in this short prayer. You can say this or something like this. And I believe the Lord will hear us if your heart is sincere and open. All right, so let's go ahead and pray. Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. Father, I repent of my sins and I turn from the evil in my life and I turn unto you. I receive Christ Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior and I receive his blood to wash away all of my sins. And I thank you, Father, as I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior right now, I thank you, Lord, that you have made me good. You have made me righteous and that I no longer need to strive for that, but you have received me. And Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you, Father, that I am as sure for heaven as if I was already there because of the finished work of Jesus. And today, I place my trust and faith in him. 
Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to the family of God, my friend. You can rejoice and contact us and let us know. Go to our website at kingdomrock.org. Click the contact button and uh, give us your testimony. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, Jesus loves you. So do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. See you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.